On this episode, we delve into the mightiest New York band with maximum perversion. That's right, we say God bless Satan with the one and only Mephiscopheles on Checkered Past, the Scodcast. What up, Checkerheads? Welcome to Checkered Past, the Scodcast with Celine and Rob. The show where a Prince Buster of Darkness, guitar, and an old scratch Perry explore the history and impact of a different band each episode and hope to bring in new fans along the way. I'm Rob, and this is my sister and co-host, Celine. Um, I did under we did a double record. I understood your last one, but this what was the second thing you said? Old Scratch Perry. I don't get it. Old Scratch is the devil. Oh, I didn't know that's another yeah. name for the devil. Actually, it is. yeah. Okay, so just different. So names. instead of Lee well, Scratch not, and not Beaz. Well, there's okay Beazelbub. Right. Beel. Satan. Satan. Lucifer. Lucifer. <laughs> Would you say? Old, old scratch. scratch, old scratch. Oh, he yeah, froze. Prince, Prince, Prince of Buster Darkness. Of Dark- yeah, Prince of Darkness. That was a fun one. That is a fun one. I guess it goes on and 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 on. And on. Satan, how are you doing? Good. Good. This is two records. We did two records today. Yeah, we're double recording. We had a McDonald's break. There was oh the chicken oh, we Big Mac. Chicken were tried. Big Mac. Nah. Nah. You guys nah. said I. I too kept it rigid. Yeah, too Joey. Rigid Joey, engineer, engineer Joey. Too rigid. I, I had Jack. To chime in on the no i Big understand Mac too rigid too rigid too rigid it's, it's not how process. you want to describe a big mac is no. rigid yeah that's not, not what they're going for yeah and they're like pucks they're not like the mcchicken it's like a little like puck thing it's a strange size i don't know what they patty. did i don't know what they did but it i feel was like they could i feel like not it it's not they just it. shouldn't have committed <laughs> to the big mac i think they should have just had like a different fun chicken sandwich because i think <laughs> making it into the big mac structure like the architecture of the burger that's why i think the rigidness had to happen i bet you they tried it in a less rigid way and it like wouldn't hold its structure mcdonald's is a very like structure based fast food joint you know what i'm saying i I like that you're here to defend mcdonald's (laughs) i just everyone shits on mcdonald's i'm here to defend the little literally uh, the little guy (laughs) yeah little guy those little those little chicken nuggets uh do you want to pick it up where we left off let's pick it up where we left off yeah Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Pick it up, pick it up. Where we left off, pick it up, pick it up. Where we left off. All right, we're going to talk about something. Yeah, we're going to get. I'm going to get real. Okay, this is uh, it's a little tough thing to say. Okay, I'm going to, we usually are a silly podcast. I'm going to spend the next five minutes just talking about something that's near and dear to my heart because uh, it's very upsetting. So there's a goalie for, I don't know, fucking San Jose or some shit in, I don't pay attention to hockey. Uh, James Reamer, uh, who recently uh, said that he, for religious reasons, refuses to wear the pride jersey on the ice uh, during like a uh, pride supporting. I think it was like one round or one period even. It wasn't even like a whole thing. Said like his religious beliefs prevent him from wanting to support it. Uh, And, you know, he tried to put out the statement, but, you know, the only thing I can see when I see stuff like that is you gay people make me feel bad. Like I think it's yucky and I don't want to support it. It doesn't matter if you'd have a religious reason or not, but not supporting it and not putting it on is um, bigoted and homophobic. Yeah. 
pretty no matter how you slice it. Yeah. So, um, so I just want to talk about my history with that kind of stuff. So it, it really is, I'm a little shaky in my voice even talking about this. Uh, so growing up in St. Paul, I played hockey for eight years. Uh, so I'm a, this is just a little trigger warning, I guess, for people for this kind of stuff. Uh, without putting too fine a point on it, um, my nickname in school from elementary all the way through high school was Faggot. And that was what I was called throughout my playing hockey. Skate like a faggot. You look like a faggot. You sit like a faggot. I got a lot of that. Uh, that casual homophobia is very common in small towns. And in the guy who I'm talking about from the Sharks, he's from a small town in Manitoba where the thing is, is like small town hockey in Canada is, uh, is lionized. Like hockey is serious. It's not something you take lightly. You don't have fun playing hockey. You do it because you're serious about it. It's a, I don't know. It's like gladiators kind of a thing. Like it's, it's like football in the U S a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. The culture. And so this happens at, and so this is an early age, like six years old. People were saying that kind of stuff. Um, and like that never stopped. And I stopped playing hockey in junior high because uh, like, I just couldn't put up with that kind of verbal abuse anymore. Um, when I got to high school, that didn't stop. People uh, would give me death threats. I remember coming home from uh, an Easter thing or whatever. And there was like a porno magazine on my doorstep that said, you fucking faggot, I'm coming to kill you. Um, someone came insulted the word on my lawn. Uh, and it was like a lot of that stuff. And I don't know what causes people to be hurtful. And I don't care that they would have thought I was gay. That doesn't matter. I think the point is, is that they were using it as a weapon to hurt me. Uh, and that this like, and it's not even casual homophobia, this like outright homophobia where that's not welcome. So let's imagine a world where I am gay and that's what they were saying like that. They just thought I was, and they knew that I was that. And because they thought that way, they thought hurtful things about me. And those people grow up to be this guy. Right. And this is just supporting this idea that you're homophobic and you're mean spirited and you're cruel to gay people. You're gatekeeping queer people from coming into the sport. And, um, like, and I don't talk about this on the podcast a lot, but I've gone through journeys about my queerness, sexual orientation. I don't know what you want to call it. I don't talk a lot about it because it's not important, uh, in the grand scheme of things. I think, um, people are having harder times with it. And in the end, I'm just another like white guy and I'm doing whatever I'm talking about. And I, I probably am not even the right ambassador to talk about this stuff. But I just want to come out and say, like, this is my story. This is the experience I had with small town hockey. And um, this was 15 years ago. It's been a long time. Like, more than that. 18 years ago. And that's still happening. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you can come around on it however you want to put it. But I am just still furious that we still live in a world where well, we it's see like this anything kind of stuff. that doesn't fit into like a very like um you know binary like heteronormative cisgendered like very you know straightforward version of masculinity is seen as 
like gay or like otherness and that is seen as like bad or less than it was it's, it makes them feel some type of way about themselves and they project it onto other people and it's like fucked up but or just even like from an acceptance standpoint right like and i'm not empathizing with him at all but it's like if he was to wear that i'm sure the group of people that he surrounds himself you know would think some type of way and so i don't know but it also makes you feel guilty to be off the binary and i think that's how i've felt my whole life is that i uh I either was a man and I was behaving masculine the way they wanted me to behave or I wasn't. Yeah. And there's like nothing. There's else. nothing in between. No, no. there's and, there's no gray area that exists there. And I think that that's what made it really hard to grow up in that environment. 100%. So I, uh, I know I talked about it on my Discord. I don't really want to put this on Twitter because I didn't think that was the right place for it. But that's something I just wanted to, to talk about. So. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. It's not easy. And I know a lot of people can like relate. It means a lot to share people's experience and your own experience. Yeah. So anyway, putting it out there. Yeah. I'm lucky that I got to get out of St. Paul for high school. Fucking so lucky to get out of it. I was was called like the D word, like whatever. Had my own experience building that I won't get into and take away from your story. But it ain't easy. It is. Being in a small town or Alberta, Alberta, but anywhere. I'm sure this exists in every single place, unfortunately. So surround yourself with good people. Yeah. I guess that's the best thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's it. Serious time is over. Yeah. Now it's time to have fun. And I'm going to introduce <laughs> our guest, and he's going to bring all the fun. <laughs> and puppet It's time. on your shoulders. Yeah, sorry. You're gonna We're have absolutely that. thrilled to introduce no our guest. It's the host of the YouTube channel and bi-weekly podcast, Puppet Perspectives. Jarrell is here. Hi, Jarrell. Hey, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to my talking. And I just <laughs> want to say I really appreciate being on my third favorite ska-themed <laughs> But Hey, we'll take my, it. My number one favorite Canadian ska podcast. Thank yes. you. That's Closer. all we need. We'll take <laughs> it. That is what we're That's always what we're going we're for. Number one in Canada. And number three number- is up. And number three Honestly, in your heart. That's up. And number three in no, your heart. Nothing wrong with bronze. Nothing wrong with bronze. That's no, what they no. say. You know, at least that's what my little league uh, coach used to tell me when I would strike out in T-ball. But that's a different story. How are you guys doing? How are you doing, everybody? Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate that. And well, we yes, appreciate you coming on. Yeah. And we're stoked. I, it's going to be a fun episode. I am a puppet and I do like ska music. But. Oh yeah, I guess have we met? Oh, that? I, I, have we? Uh, have I we don't know if people up? have noticed. Well, I guess, yeah, as, as you the can patients. see from this audio format, we are, talking to, we are talking to a puppet. Yeah, you can hear it in my voice, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kind of just assume people sporting knew it was like a fuzzy, some specs. Got fuzzy got the sound. headphones on. Uh, we are like the. We are the. I'm from uh, New Jersey, so we like to be called uh, the felt Americans. If you guys. Can. <laughs> Puppet is our word, but I'll let you guys allow it tonight. <laughs> felt Americans. Felt Americans. Felt, yeah, right? Yeah. Very felt. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with our first question. Tell us your checkered past, your ska origin story. Oh, man. You guys going to have to take a seat because this is going to be the most intricate story of ska that you guys heard from any of your previous co-hosts. So excited. Or should I say guess? So, yes. <clears throat> so, uh... Back in 1994, punk rock music was, like, running rampant. It was, like, all the rage, thanks to, you know, uh, Green Day, of course. You guys know that. And The Offspring. I would say The Offspring, if they were, like, the uh, the gateway to punk rock, uh, Rancid, for me, was, like, the entire first floor of the punk rock duplex. They were the band I got into 
to like punk rock music and i'm like oh i love this band it was the album let's go you guys are familiar with their second album with all that so i bought that album because my friend had it then i bought the first album after that and I, it's even harder i love that even more so i'm like oh punk rock is great 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 so i would say sometime in summer of 1995 i'm watching mtv and you know whoever the host is was like oh we got a new song from rancid it's called time bomb and then the song comes on and i was like that sounds weird. So <laughs> I, go weird to, I, go to, I go to school and I'm like, hey, a uh, friend that got me into Rancid, uh, you know, they have a new song coming out. And he's like, yeah, it's a uh, time bomb. I'm like, it sounded weird. And he's like, yeah, ska. I'm like, what's that? He's like, oh, you know, it's like, the, you know, the gar- guitars go like, uh, like that. <laughs> that's, 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 that's what he said. That's ska music. I'm like, well, I don't like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Later on, you know, the album comes out, all the, you know, you know, gatekeeping punk rockers hate the the album. For some reason, it's, you know, now everyone's favorite Rancid album. But I'll tell you guys what, back in 1985, if you were listening to Rancid prior to that, that was your least favorite album. So anyway, um, I go over his house one day and I'm like, what's this band I keep hearing about Operation Ivy? I hear like a couple guys from Rancid mm. from there. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you should listen to the CD. I have it right here. The cassette he puts in the, the cassette. The first song we all know is, uh, you know, Knowledge. I'm like, no, eh, it's okay. Then the second song comes on. And then I'm like, and then as soon as it starts playing, he's like, it's Scott. I'm like, ah, oh. like, what? Okay. So <laughs> I don't like, I'm like, I don't like this. And then, <laughs> you know, so I mean, I wasn't really into that album uh, at the time. Um, so then a little bit later, Mower's House again. And you guys, do you guys remember when uh, that record label, uh, Epitaph Records, would put out those Punkarama compilations? Oh yeah, we remember <laughs> yeah. Punkarama. <laughs> yeah, so they had the first one out, and um, he had um, and I'm looking at the the, C- the CD, and then it's like, oh, there's a ranch song I never heard called, you know, I want to riot, and he's like, oh, you want to hear it? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, oh, it's gonna be so punk because it's got like the word riot, and I can't wait. <sighs> Yeah. Oh, he's like, I'm, I, my jaw drops. He's like. It's ska. I'm like, oh god damn it! So I'm like, fuck ska music. I hate ska music. Blah blah blah. (laughs) So like, um, so the rest of that fall, I'm like always like, I hate ska music. I hate it. I hate it. And it's on this whole rant about it. You know, there was like some bands that would do like battle of the bands. You ever had that in high school where bands would like get the and the first band was called the uh, Ska Skink Redemption. And I actually, as soon as they started playing, I'm like, oh, like arms folded. Ska music is terrible. You know, uh, so sometime in early 96, I'm on my anti-ska like rant at school, something like that. And then this other um, this other kid comes up to me, uh, hears me saying, he's like, <laughs> how do you hate ska music, but you like the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones? Because I was listening to that album, Don't Know How to Party, for the past year and a half before that. But when he said that, I'm like, that's not ska music. That's like rock music with horns. He's like, no, nah, dude, that's ska, that's ska music. Like that song, something I suppose, that's ska. And if you guys saw the movie, like um, I don't know, uh, Scanners or oh no, or even um, um, yes, or like Usual Suspects, that was my okay. reaction. Glass <laughs> drop, mouth open, head exploded. I'm like, I've been listening to ska all this time and didn't know it. So I literally did a complete 180 on ska music. And started going, like, listening to a little bit more. 
uh, right about that time that Goldfinger album came out, um, that first one. So I got into it right in time, and I was like, ska music is my thing now. <laughs> so, Dang, sure you're like, actually, sure, I love it. Yeah, so I'm sure everyone else has, was like instantly in love with it. I was the complete opposite. Like, I could not stand it because the band I loved so much was like doing it. And then, <laughs> then um, are turned, you still pretty critical? Like, do you find yourself pretty critical of Scott to this day? As in, I'm saying I am also very critical of Scott. <laughs> um, I guess what happened as it the the trend. Well, I guess I should say I got into it before it got trendy, but I didn't get out of it when it got trendy. I was still going to Scott shows, and then once like you know the big boom happened, I was I was happy for it. Like I'm like, oh, everyone's listening to this, yeah, and yeah. I'm listening. That's cool. I mean, it's not and so then, bad being trendy. Mm-hmm. It ain't. So <laughs> I walked into that one. Trendy. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone so, looks like me is my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they were actually um, my first Scott show. Uh, February third, nineteen ninety seven, which was also the first time I smoked pot. So that's that why that date is sense. instilled in my mind, and where I freaked the hell out. But on the good oh, no. side, <laughs> I, I saw um, Real Big Fish and Goldfinger together, and it was like pretty awesome show because at the time, you know, shows were a little more intimate. Um, there was no uh, against getting on stage and jumping off the stage; the barriers weren't there. So, kids, if you weren't around in nineteen ninety late nineties, you missed out. You did, yeah. The so, wild uh, yeah, that was it. Was it's? I don't think I hate sky music now. I still like current current bands. I'll go check out some shows here and there. I'll still skank mildly. I won't go as hard as I used to go because I'm glad there's no video of me like hardcore skanking like in the late '90s because I probably look ridiculous. But <laughs> no. Nah. But, you know, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Slim. I mean, I'm sure I didn't do, but like, nah, I feel like I've, if you're like enjoying yourself at a ska show dancing, you don't look silly. You look, you're, you belong and you're having a good time. Yeah, that's really true. I would go to call, I went at my dorm when like my roommate would leave. Like, I would just put on some like voodoo glow skulls or like what have you and just like hardcore skank to that or fishbone or what have you. It's and fun. I love it. That's what kind of sold me on <laughs> ska music is being able to like skank at ska shows. I was like, this is fun and great. I love this. <laughs> I will be honest. If like my if I was like doing some skanking and someone walked in, I'm like, oh, I was just uh, exercising. Uh, yeah. You know, I was, I <laughs> high, knees, high knees. Yeah, high yeah, knees. High knees. Squats. Yeah. So, what are you listening to these days? Uh, mostly um, lounge core music. <laughs> but for ska music, um, for new bands, um, hmm, this band called the Hundred Gex that everyone was talking about has a couple oh, yeah. stuff on there. They have a couple of hype. They're the hyper pop group. Yeah, they have some hyper I'm digging ska. That. Yeah, I am, which is you're loving it, loving it, Rob, Mame. loving it. Yeah. yeah, listen to it yeah. three times in a row the, on the day it came out. Would cannot. It's a little get abrasive on my it. brain and ears, <laughs> but I do appreciate it. I respect it. Oh, so good. Yeah, dumbest Fun. dumbest Million girl in the world. Dollars. That's a good song. Um and then what we're talking about when that I lost my tooth again song was like, wow, yeah. this is like some like which I'm probably gonna say on our review because we do album reviews on our podcast. So definitely that's like what I would consider Nickelodeon ska, quote unquote. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so like circusy and carnival like, but that was what Nickelodeon was like playing when ska was popular. When you watch uh what was did anyone watch 
Nickelodeon in the late nineties when they oh, were yeah. all about oh, it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean oh, yeah. I mean Two Tone Army was the theme too. Yeah, that was a song. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So much. Uh so what about the podcast? What is the how did that all come together? Slash uh, well, show. I started yeah. doing podcasting in the mid twenty tens. Oh, you were went, you were on it. Yeah, I was on it right then, uh, trying to figure out what we we're gonna do. Had different names, had guests on, so it took off right away from my perspective um, when I started. Where we had the interview with the uh, lead singer from that group, uh, that's uh, King Missile, that detachable penis song. <laughs> we had him on, so oh, that was cool. That's um, fun. It interviewed some people like uh, Aaron Barrett from uh, Rubik Fish, and that's fun. The band we're gonna, the band we're gonna be talking about today got to interview them, and that's when they for less than Jake. So you can check all that on our YouTube channel, Public fun. Perspectives. So I've been doing it for a few years, uh, trying to figure out what we want to do until finally we decide to hone in on the Public Perspective theme, and that's what we do now where we not only talk about albums, we talk about TV shows, we talk about movies. I like to say we do all things movies, music, media, and more. So and check out our new stuff. And puppets on top of it. Puppets on top of it. So, yeah. That's fun. There's not a lot of uh, puppet podcasts out there, so we figured no. we'd corner the market. I, I got to ask, what are the other puppet podcasts that you're aware There's gotta of? There's got to be a couple. Yeah. Yeah, most of them are just either talking about, like, puppeteering Right or they or or they um yes yeah yeah so it's it is, not like I have a friend who just started like getting into puppeteering she's like quite it's quite the whole it's quite intricate and like making your own puppet it's so impressive it's a pretty like interesting art and I feel like it's kind of having a resurgence right now I know it sounds yeah. like I'm joking but I'm not kidding I feel like there's like a pup like puppets are happening right now I agree they, all they want us to do is like teach people about their ABCs or do something complete, completely raunchy. There's no in between. So I'm nice always happy like, if there's yeah. a puppet around. I'm an immediately in a better mood. <laughs> yeah, we like to bring joy when we can. Or what are your about uh, music. What are your puppet influences? Oh. Oh man, that's got to obviously be the great Jim Henson is right up there. Hell yeah. Pave you know, the way for all of us to at least get on the camera. Um yeah, it's not. A, I have a puppet. I, tattoo. I would say like I would say like uh, even I'm not too keen on his comedy, but Jeff Dunham is, you know, kind of like out there for the comedian side of it. Of course, yeah. I would, I would just like to see once where like it's not like the uh, puppet is the second banana to like the 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 human. You know, it's always you don't want him to, to be, be the way. the B two to the B one. Right, it, we got to have something going like that someday. I don't know, like bananas and pajamas. I guess they're not. Did you make another bananas? Yeah, and I'm always trying reference. to bring them up. I'm always trying to bring them up. Always. That's too many. Two, twice is too many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you feel? How do you feel about like Baby Grogu, like animatronics taking the puppet puppet space? Oh well, growing up in the '80s, I love my practical effects. So compared to, hit, I don't know if actual yoda is like his descendant or like relative something like that but when you go to like the last the first three uh star wars episodes no no CGI <laughs> for me gotta have the no. uh the, the puppet on there gotta it's have so much walking, better being cute yeah it, it ages so much better than the cgi <laughs> exactly exactly how, how do you feel about like a chucky e. cheese 
Oh, it's like I a mascot. We say, I thought we were going to go to Chucky, the actual doll. But Chucky yeah, go that's there too. Uh, <laughs> like, um, I'm talking about full animatronic. That's a mascot, right? Mascot. Mascot. No, it is an animatronic. Yeah, no yeah. animatronics. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> uh, I can still play Five Nights at Freddy and not piss my pants. Or actually, I'm not wearing pants right now. But you know, <laughs> how about Poppy more. Playtime? What the hell's that? So my kid, my kids like that a lot. The uh, the uh, what's that Huggy thing called? The blue thing, Huggy Wuggy, and the Huggy Wuggy. Kissing, kissing I have no idea stuff. what you're talking about. Okay, let's talk about this. What yeah. is? Are we it? gonna do it? This is a fun video. What is okay, it? Let's talk about it. So here's what? the thing that happened with uh, YouTube. Uh, a few years ago and this happened right when my kid was at the right age for it uh there was all these survival horror games that came out kind of around the same time that were all based around like children's properties okay and youtube was failing to catch that they were not appropriate for children and so they were showing up on the kids youtube channels okay and so all of a sudden all these kids were hyper aware of scary video games uh so five night like at freddy's them? is one among us is another oh um uh po- poppy playtime and now rainbow friends which is a roblox game those are all basically the same and so uh but yeah that's scary so, so poppy playtime is like a horror game about a bunch of toys that chase you oh, that's and they're scary. like terrifying to look that's at. too scary for me um but yeah their character names are like huggy wuggy kissy missy there's some kind scary. of scary yeah oh my god they're really <laughs> scary so i'm, I'm sharing a, that's a horrifying huggy wuggy is horrifying <laughs> zero out of ten scott you're, you're showing the pictures with all the teeth like you know yeah yeah really really <laughs> scary they're kissy wissy isn't much better <laughs> kissy wissy missy i hate this uh yeah they're well, all terrifying should, looking uh it was this, you this should was you should you should Selene, you should play the game like with the lights out while you're on acid. Never. <laughs> that sounds. I would never come back look, from that. They, they, they that will be the end of characters me. of these freaking things. That's yeah, so that's what, and children like this, but yes. it was intended for adults. Yes. Yeah, yeah they I sell the plush. Like they, they sell the plushies too, and that's what my my kids wanted. They are seven. Oh my and god. Five. <laughs> so they, yeah, they, so they have they, they have they the dolls. It. They just and love, they love it. it. They watched they over love and over. It. It's pretty so, scary. Look, 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 he's look, he's bleeding. Blah blah blah. So, look, yeah. and they just they're like ha ha ha. Desensitize <laughs> yeah. them early. That's what I always say. Kids are like that. Well, like yeah, uh, just, Rob's kid loves Among Us, and mm. yeah, loves like taking them apart and their little bones and stuff. But this is scarier than Among Us. This is like way. You, ha- you have them watching The Last us. of Us already too. All done. Oh really? He's not watching it. I'm He'd really. Be bored. Uh, I'm really scared of mushrooms. It's too scared, scary for me. My my kid doesn't get scared of a lot of things, but he does get bored of non-animated things. Yeah, that are, yeah, like, you gotta, yeah. We gotta get him. We gotta get them out of the cartoons. We're in the same way. Try to put on Beetlejuice, something like that. They're like, this isn't a cartoon. I don't want to see this. That's not how they actually <laughs> yeah. down, but you get my idea. <laughs> Home Alone was oh, a, yeah. was a hit because Home it was Alone. very cartoony. So right, he was right. able to get into Home Alone. I feel like uh, our kids are the exact same. Down. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Cool. Yeah, very similar interests. Well, seven. They, they, seven they and must, seven. How hard? How hard is your kid left to see uh, Marv step on broken glass and fall into this? Fall into his, like so glass. hard. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> that really. Yeah, hurts. he's and I should. He's know. a big fan <laughs> of of slapstick mime, like just anybody getting hurt, falling down. He's a real like yeah. f- connoisseur of like the French comedy. 
try to get them into the three stooges but you know if it's in black and white they kind of aren't interested but check out yeah a hundred checkered out yeah (laughs) yeah we got to keep these scott puns going we only got two so far yeah i know we're we're weak weak uh so we uh decided on mephiscopheles as the band to talk about today so what is your history with that band yeah Uh, again it's uh goes back to being young and how things used to be so i um heard always that they had they were like a satanic ska band so that intrigued me and uh we used to have these record stores i don't know if you have them where you are but they had a store called tower records here in the states it's called hmv up here uh, yeah, yeah. We, see, we, oh. we had something similar yeah very similar yeah so uh hipsters well i guess hipsters now they go there and go to vinyl and just look for stuff but they had like a once ska got popular they actually had a ska punk section which was like in the back corner of the store so I'm thumbing through there and I see the album cover and I, it's, you know, God bless Satan. I'm like, that's the most blasphemous yeah. thing I ever heard. And I got to have it. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I got to have it. <laughs> so this is what I'm talking about. We, back then, we had to gamble. Not, no no uh, Spotify, no way yep. to hear stuff on the radio. You had to take a risk and pay for something that you had, an album that you have never heard before. The and album cover say, is very good. Yeah. I think kids, I think uh, people do that now. They go to record stores and just like look at album covers. Like, oh, that looks cool. I'll buy it. You know? Yeah. Sometimes we do it like, we had to do it like that. And it's like, you take the gamble and you lose. You gamble and you lost, uh, which is a lyric to one of the songs on this album. (laughs) um, So I bought it and it ended up being one of my favorite bands ever. Uh, I must say it didn't sound like I was expecting it to. I thought it would be like Guar with horns, something like that. But, you know, we'll get into what they sound like. But. (laughs) <laughs> so I was in love with it. I uh, would, you know, play it constantly and try to get other people into it. Um, my parents are pretty religious, so I was afraid to. You know, although they they would like the jazz aspect of the band, but yeah. I thought that once they get an idea of the lyrics, they would turn them off. So I have not played it for them yet, but we'll talk about it. Maybe the baby boomers might be into this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If they get an instrumental of it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) They're just joking about the Satan stuff, right? Yeah, but when you come to uh, Christians, they don't joke around it. Yeah. (laughs) No, yeah, no, they really don't like that kind of stuff. They don't, yeah. Putting the Lord's name in vain isn't smiled upon. (laughs) But but when I interviewed him, I I had to ask him, who thought of that title? That was brilliant. And uh, they they divulged who had the idea of it. And I, I, you know... What I really love about the band is that they had all the instrument, uh, the different members of the group playing. They have like eight or nine guys in the band. And um, oh, that's right, Tower Records. I actually saw my first time seeing them. Uh, I bought the ticket. They were they play, they they had the headline show. It was six dollars six six cents <laughs> for a ticket. But since I bought it from Tower Records and uh, Ticketmaster, you know, had to charge their fee. Ended up coming until uh, eight dollars. You know. <laughs> I think it's interesting because, like, just the whole Satan as kind of like a theme and like an aesthetic as well, kind of has been popularized recently. But I feel like Mephiscopheles was doing it when it wasn't like on trend at all, you know, which is rad because it is cool as hell. Any, I've always been like Satan stuff is cool, but I feel like yeah. they were like really out on a limb there, like by themselves doing it. They were like, I was in the Satan before it was cool. Yeah, don't, yeah. <laughs> now everyone's like Satan this and Satan that. 
Baphomet this and Baphomet that. The Satan purists over here, you know. The Satan satanic panic. There is like a, a like another round of satanic panic happening again right now. Like with the Lil Nas X and um, oh, yeah. that unholy song, like the Soundsmith. Like people are just like, I've seen it like on Twitter and shit where they're like, like TikTok. This sounds like TikTok. This was on Twitter, <laughs> man. It's because I click on it. I, I realize <laughs> I'm like, I'm also engaging with it by like reading it. I'm like, look at these fucking idiots. But people are like really like in Lil Nas X, they're just like Satan is within. I'm like, look at this. Don't you see? Like this is Satan. Like this is Satan. And like they have deals with <laughs> devils and like they sold their soul to the devil. And this is Satan worship. They really believe it. There's huge, huge Meanwhile, growth. they watch that video of Lil Nas X pretending to skateboard. <laughs> They're like, look at this Satan. I think it was when he was doing a lap dance on the devil that they were upset about. That so they forgot that he's also kind of a dumbass and he does silly things. Yeah, all the time. he's being a troll. He's a fun little internet troll. I, I he love knows Lil how to Na- piss people off. It's but amazing. he's he's constantly being silly. Oh yeah, more than he's yes. serious. Just just like Satan, you know, both the like same. Satan, a silly yeah. little guy. Satan's silly guy silly just guy. knows how to party, you know. Yeah. <laughs> We'll never turn on a lap dance. Oh, who's our favorite? Oh, Tim Curry in Legend. That's my favorite devil iteration in Mm, media. Cuphead. Cuphead devil? Cuphead devil is my favorite devil. They do that animation thing where he goes into his eyeball and it's an axe cutting up the cup. And then pulls it back. It's the best piece of animation. Or him from the Powerpuff Girls. Him from the Powerpuff Girls is like a top three devil. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a top tier devil? Uh, Al Pacino wasn't bad, you know. Anyone that yeah. can um, manipulate, <laughs> actually, yeah, devil's manipulate advocate. Cat. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was good. <laughs> Very good devil. <laughs> That's a good devil. Little Nicky. <laughs> Who is the uh, devil in Little Nicky? I hate no. to ask Joey. I hate to, does Joey have a devil? I'm just waiting for Borat to come out as uh, Mephisto Bo- in the Borat. Yeah. Uh, what, oh, what the what's... Sasha Baron Cohen? Sasha yeah, he's gonna oh, be I Mephisto. In, in, yeah, I was like, what in, is de- a devil in the be... Borat movies? <laughs> he's gonna be Mephisto in the MCU. Oh, so I'm okay. pretty excited uh, about that. That might be pretty that's fun. Cool. Okay, yeah. I was really nerd alert. yeah, I was like <laughs> nerd alert, nerd alert, nerd alert. Yeah, you got Man, it. How you many times did you get called a nerd today? Nerd alert. That's fine. <laughs> I love this nerd alert. Yeah. Are we ready to enter the time, Scotchine? All right, let's take it back. Right, we take the time scoshing back to 1808. The the sources that I pulled for this were from my favorites, Discogs, All Music, and a lot of what I pulled was from Mark Wasserman's Skaboom, because he did a oral history where he interviewed Mephiscopheles, uh, and I did a lot of stuff from there. It was very good. So the time scoshing takes us back to Germany in the year 1808, when playwright Johann G- uh, Goatee? I don't know how to pronounce that, his last name. Uh, dramatized the life of German Renaissance alchemist Johann Faust in his play Faust. In this story, the titular Faust is dissatisfied with his life as a scholar, which he is not sated intellectually or physically. He falls into depression and in his darkest hour calls to the devil himself to give him what he desires. The devil's servant enters the picture and strikes a bargain with Faust. He will give him all the magic of the devil for several years after which Faust must relinquish his soul to Satan. The servant's name? Mephistopheles. Fast forward to 1990 with the death of another soul, the New York hardcore band Shaved Pigs. Guitarist Brendan Brendog Tween and drummer McCall the Virgin Reich 
<laughs> they all have That's awesome fun. ska yeah, names. They do yeah. have awesome names. Uh, immediately wanted to start a band, and since the New York ska scene was in its nascent fertility, decided that that was the way to go. They were heavily influenced by the boilers, the ska flaws, and the skinhead culture of the time. Brian Underpants Martin was up next on Classic. the keys. Classic fucking Underpants Martin. <laughs> He's a keyboard player. Keyboard player yeah. fucking rocks on. Yeah. yeah. He was the uh, one that brought, said he thought of the name. He was I, the one that told uh, me that he thought he, of the name of the debut album. But go on. Sweet. Uh, he brought in a distinctly dirty self-taught sound that was heavily steeped in skinhead culture. Trinidad expat Andre Worrell came up next who, after watching a rehearsal, decided to start penning words to early tracks such as Doomsday, Saba, and Rankin-File. Uh, so the one I can, so here's a quote. The one thing I can definitely say is we are not influenced by third wave ska. We weren't listening to any of that. And still to this day, there's definitely some third wave stuff I like, but I was never taken by it. So by 1991, they originally operated under the name of Scatterbrains. Mm. S-K-A, Scatterbrains. Much less satan But quickly needed to pivot as another band already had that name. Ah. Yes, two different bands <laughs> did not know how ska puns work. <laughs> After trying, we, we much, don't either. after trying much harder, they landed on the infinitely superior Mephiscopheles, yes. which did have a functioning ska pun in it. Yeah. <laughs> it <was just> badass. <laughs> this, is what, this is what the band said. So Brendan says, it was our roommate Matt Miller who inspired the idea of it being satanic because he was listening to Bar Talk, and I think he was the one who was like, you should call yourself Mephistopheles. And McCall was like, no, we should call ourselves Mepha Scoffleys. Hell yeah. Because we wanted a band name with Scott in it. <laughs> and Brian said that <laughs> that was his doing. I give him credit for that. And we're all like, hey, didn't the Faust guy write that shit? <laughs> <laughs> and then Brandog said, we were like, no, I think this is going to be fine. We're going to be a satanic ska band. And Brian said, and it sounded so stupid, it might work. And we kind of got slowly all on board with it and liked it. <laughs> The band then posted a classified ad looking for horns, and a section was formed including Osho, or Osho Hollywood Endo on the trumpet and Alex McCabe on the alto saxophone. They released the demo tape, the demoin, or the demon, a pun better written than said out loud, and soon began aggressively playing live. The linchpin of the operation was energetic frontman Andre Worrell, a.k.a. the Nubian Nightmare, who added the exact spice to put the band over Which the just, edge. We did discuss earlier, like, <laughs> would not have worked if the lead singer was white. <laughs> <laughs> it would be real weird. Yeah, yeah I think I... <laughs> it would be ironic would not be talking about this. <laughs> it would be ironic at that point. Oh, uh, that sounds very, like, cherry pop and daddy's yeah. adjacent. <laughs> Doesn't age as well. Doesn't age well. So, good thing he's not. Yeah, that's a good thing he's not. <laughs> It's appropriate. <laughs> so Brandog said, I thought one of the things that made Meph really great was that the horn players thought Ska was stupid. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, we'll play. We need a gig. They didn't like it. These guys weren't <laughs> going to kowtow to the idea of being a Ska band. They were going to be their jazz selves. I think that really helped. Whereas Brian, McCall, Andre, and I were like, uh, we liked Ska, so we were having a great time. <laughs> Osho convinced trombonist Greg Robinson to join shortly after. And the first horn section was locked in, made up of mostly professional players. They wanted nothing more than to be the top ska band in New York City. They saw the ska flaws as the best band, but the toasters as their only competition. Michael Blitz uh, replaced Battle Cherry on the upright bass in 93, and the first lineup was set. So 1994, the band self-released, 
Their label was called Pass the Virgin. God bless Satan under the watchful gaze of Scofflaw's bassist Victor Rice. An East Coast ska album with dark, edgy beats and elaborate jazz-influenced horn lines and solos is capped with Nubian Nightmare's confounding and Byzantine lyrics that were steeped in satanic imagery and provocative themes. Mixed and engineered (laughs) pro bono by prolific jazz bassist Bill Laswell and equally prolific guitar guy Robert Musso. It was led by the song Doomsday, where it received MTV play and was featured in local New York fitness commercials. It was on MTV? Yeah, mm-hmm. so let's That's talk crazy. about it. I have it right here. Ooh, the best album The best cover. album cover ever made. Hell yeah. You got the yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got a vinyl and a CD looking yeah. right here for the let's non Let's see who has the most physical copies. Damage on it? Of us. <laughs> <laughs> the most physical. All of a sudden, he pulls out two CDs. <laughs> <laughs> you win, you win. Done. So I'm going to point out everything that's right about this album cover. So first of all, the name of the band is great, right? We all agree Mephiscopheles is an A+. The logo. A, a plus. The logo. The logo, the M in the Satan star. The pentagram, cool yeah, yeah. as hell. Yeah, it's cool perfect. Um, the font and the name of the album, which is God Bless Satan. I need that on a cross stitch also. It's yeah. good, by and the way. And then the chicken with the devil horns. So good. There is nothing... Yeah off with this record album no. this is perfect like i wouldn't change a thing yeah. no i notes. i just will look at it for hours it's wonderful <laughs> can we get a hail this? satan for that hail, hail satan. satan also the the uh the the it's mef 666 lp is the code that's also yeah. great this was the mm-hmm. jump up reissue which is very pretty it has the demo in in there as a seven inch but it's a very it's a very nice like red black. So I don't know if they still have this, but I spent an, uh, too much money to order this no. from Jump Up when it was issued and have it shipped to Canada. Oh, so I have the um, Moon Ska version of it. Then is that more money than what you got, or should I, <laughs> should I sell it? Like what, what should I do? So Moon stuff is also uh, sells for a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, it does. I'm I'm on I, a gold I, I, mine. I didn't even know it. They sell sell your stuff to Canadians. If you're sitting on a checkered cabs uh, CD as well somewhere, (laughs) that probably is worth a pretty penny. (laughs) I don't see Uh, it, but I'll keep looking. (laughs) (laughs) But let's talk about it. God bless Satan. Let's play Doomsday and get started. All right. God bless Satan. So vegetarians can join me. God bless I can, my vegan Satan ska metal band. The vocals are just so good, it's what makes the band. Like, obviously, the like, academic jazz musicianship helps, but. It's so. It's, it's great that there was this dichotomy where it's like the bass player and the horn players are like super professional jazz musicians. And then the rest of the band are like these like scoff punk hardcore guys. And that was what, like it's almost like this like, like pot that was ready to boil over. Like the fact that they were able to get together and put out a record is bananas. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and that they were all on the same page. I was actually thinking about that earlier, like 
just the the fact of like that there is like an academic y like really skilled jazz musicians that's like sure i'll be in your satanic ska band (laughs) (laughs) i don't know like i like it but it's just like to imagine that that person exists is wild it's great yeah, to watch to like no oh, sorry go ahead go ahead no, no you go you. ahead yeah yeah oh guess like what what i guess i'm wondering were you guys when you first heard it surprised that they are more like this traditional ska sounding band uh i mean the new york style as opposed to like being like what i thought they sound like where it's just like evil like just like heavy guitars that's and, what i would have you know? expected like yeah. you said guar with horns is exactly aesthetic to sound what i would have assumed but those bass lines in this song alone is like it's so ominous at the same time that mixes with the uh the lyrical theme of the end of the world as well there's like a hall of a mount the mountain king evilness to it oh, yeah a little yeah. bit of like the, the like wagnerian opera yeah in the background yeah an academic spooky they do uh they do a thing also on this on this album in particular uh where the, the guitarist likes to uh sort of do melodies and the keyboard does the ska rhythm right uh which i think is a nice i love that it's it's awesome i think that makes it sound a little grittier and a little bit more like darker mm-hmm. and uh um, brendan the the guitarist at the time he's a, a an excellent singer as well um that particular oh, yeah. song you're probably gonna get to but i don't want to step on your toes I, I might have skipped that song. Whoa. Even though that's a very popular yeah. song. Yeah. Spicy. <laughs> but uh, wrong. wrong and spicy. Well, I, I can only pick so many songs <laughs> and I can't pick every I'm single kidding, song. I'm kidding. That's I'm true. Saying, I love shitting on your choice. You know what? Side A is like all hits. Like I'm just looking at it. It's like yeah. it starts with Mephiscopheles. You say that, but then side B has the hit. It does. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you both being, know. Why are we being coy? You both are we going to play the Bumblebee you Tuna song? You both know what yeah, I am yeah. talking about. This song is so, it starts off this, I was saying like, the dopamine that, that like rushes into my like body when this part comes on because you know what's about to happen. <laughs> but if you were like going to show someone else, there's no way they would know what's about to happen. I read an interview where they said that this is the like they're like doomsday was was the single but this is the song people come to the show for i don't even know how he does it the (laughs) yeah the crowd loses their mind every time they play this song (laughs) and it's a cover of a commercial for (laughs) oh really not a banger yeah i thought they wrote the lyrics themselves Uh, no, they, it's a cover. That's what makes oh. it very fun. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone, uh, even, even the, even the verses? No, wow. no, just, oh, okay. the, just the chorus. Okay. <laughs> it's just, it's gotcha. just the jingle. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> they stole the jingle and then came up with some other stuff. Well, we, we know they stole that, uh, Wish Upon a Songs, uh, song in the center of the, at the end when they play the Disney song, which surprisingly have not got sued for yet. So hopefully Mickey Mouse is not listening <laughs> to the podcast. Center of he the, is it, he actually yeah. is on our Discord. He's a <laughs> Patreon subscriber. Yeah, and he's gonna I be pissed. It. Yeah, what the, all what of a sudden I lose. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what the fuck? I'm gonna get my agent. <laughs> Who do you think Mickey Mouse's agent is? Walt Zombie Walt Ari Gold. <laughs> Ari Gold. 
from Entourage. Okay. <laughs> turtle. It's Turtle. It's Turtle from Entourage. Uh, Slynn, this this album like we this we is came, the album I'm familiar yeah. with with Mephiscopheles. This we is, came off a a, a a a record with an with a band that you were not fond yeah. of. Yeah. But now we're into Memphis. We listen. It was really so. I will say, I'm sure I would have enjoyed it also, like the listen through, regardless of what. But like the reprieve that I felt from having to listen to like, <laughs> Just, and I accidentally listened to two extra EPs of Suburban Legend. And this was a, a, a wonderful break, especially because they were oh. just so PG. So just to have some like Satan come, you know, it was just like, yes, thank you. Because I was just saying like my issue with Suburban Legend is just that they're so Suburban Legend, right? Not Suburban Rhythm. Not I didn't suburban mix rhythm. it up. Don't I didn't mix, mix it up. Okay. Suburban Rhythm is actually more Satanic yeah, probably. Yes, but I'm like, it was just so squeaky clean and PG and yeah. like no grit or rough around the edges at all. And like Memphis Gothlies has like all of that but yeah. intelligently done so it's like the contrast made it even like more impressive <laughs> to listen to it was an it's an enjoyable listen it gets weird it gets w- weird it gets you weird get from weird. the jump at the jump yeah. <laughs> they, they already let you know we are getting weird you know yeah like you got to be ready to get weird but i was it was much better than being fucking boring and too squeaky clean it is f- it is impressive that Mephiscopheles basically made a gimmick. This is basically a gimmick, mm-hmm. but made a career out of it. And because I think they just went for it. Like, I think they just gave so few shits that like <laughs> they're not they like they're not like doing it for you, even no. though they're like making a career off of it. But it's like it's not it's not about you at all. But they'll play Bumblebee Toon at their shows. Yeah. It's not uh, just a gimmick, yeah, a gimmick but they found like a, a a niche that no one else is doing that sets yeah. them apart from every other Moon Ska record la- band on that label. I mean, no disrespect to the cool Toasters niche. or the Ska Flaws or any of them, but uh, in some cases you wouldn't be able to tell some of them apart. But these guys like uh, Satan. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> they were just I, like pompadours. I just Let's think run. Yeah. there's <laughs> there's no imitators, I guess, is the other thing. Like nobody mm-hmm. has bothered to come along to be just like we're all they're like Scosmodius and we're also a <laughs> satanic ska band. <laughs> like Beazel Scob. Yeah. Back to the drawing board. <laughs> maybe that maybe that's why they didn't do it. They're having too hard a time to make the scob yeah. pun work. <laughs> like, we can't yeah, that, do it. I don't Scotanic. I don't hate that fun, Sinlin. I don't hate it. That's all I'll say about that one. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, That's all I, I need. That's, I hate it. Honestly, as much as I, anyone could ask for. I don't love it either. But <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's listen to that that intro song, the self titled Mephiscopheles. I got it. It's a different song. Oh no, it is. You're right. I go into the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Threw me off. Yeah, I was like. I do like that their lyrics don't make sense half the time. My baloney has a first name. My baloney has a first name. It's Satan. S A T A N. Is that a reference kids these days would get? The Oscar Mayer Also, they're like obviously very talented. Clearly, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. This yeah. timing is insane. 
we'll get into uh do you think this is any like like do you think they're jazz bands that this is like their this is the ska band that they are pleasure yeah but they're like this is like my, how i get edgy yeah like this in tokyo ska paradise Orchestra. yeah yeah it'd be fun to see them at the local jazz club <laughs> with a bunch of beatniks yeah, and stuff Yes, yeah, we have one yeah. Yardbird Suite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See them at Yardbird? Them at Yardbird suite that would be, be fun. Because yeah. they kind of like, some of them look like really jazz. Like the horn players like look like a bunch of jazz guys. <laughs> yeah. They're not like in three, like two piece suits with like checkerboards. I love the tone of the guitar. This part's good too because, you know, this song probably has the most Satan references on the whole album. When they count to six. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it's cool, though. Yeah, it is. It is. Super That's cool. what I said. It's I can't cool. believe how it's, this has Especially, like, I listened so to this as, like, an angsty team. So I was obviously, like, great. Perfect. Love it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. The devil. Cool. In. Mom won't so, like this at all. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I didn't put Saba on there. I know that's like the other. Yeah, like, that's a very song. good one. Yeah, that's weird that gets, and good. I guess all the girlies dancing at the show. It's like oh, a yeah. big, old, big old party. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It'd be fun to see them live. Oh yeah, yeah you would have I, a blast. I would. <laughs> we haven't seen them around. They haven't come around no. here. I don't know if they're motivated. <laughs> I know they played <laughs> Canada before. How far are you guys from <laughs> Toronto? Like uh, about forty-five minutes, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how big Canada there. is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've never been. Probably an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. In this traffic. <laughs> yeah, I drove nonstop, and it was just, like 60s just to get to Ontario. Just walk downhill, and you'll get there quickly. Yeah, just walk down. Yeah, just walk downhill. Go to Canada City, and then over <laughs> to Toronto. Uh, Jump on the snowmobile. <laughs> put your snowshoes on for tw- 20 minutes. What, what else do we want to say about God Bless Satan? You got any last minute thoughts there, Slynn? It's good. I like it. It's good as hell. <laughs> it's one of my favorite ska records of all time. Probably in the top, top 10, if not top 20. That's crazy. Yeah. What Fucking about that one song that's insanely fast, uh, which they play even faster live, Rank and File, which is fast enough. Great. I, uh, I love how, Rank and File. You probably mentioned how good musicianship they have, but they are able to play all together and do double time so eloquently love it it's That's yeah. bananas um it's also interesting i think that this album is is interesting to see because they do have these like darker songs like center of the and satanic debris and uh and the title track and it's all like um they're a lot more darker they have that kind of satanic edge and then there's these bright songs like doomsday and saba and rank and file because those brighter songs were written before all the horn players joined and before Andre joined. And so like, I think when everybody got together, that's what creates the core sound. Um, so you can kind of, kind of see when the things were written. Yeah. They like, yeah. obviously like don't take themselves seriously, but they also take themselves very seriously in a way that they like yes. want to do perform well and do a good job. Like obviously like their integrity on musicianship and like performance is high, but they're doing a silly niche. It's a fun juxtaposition. I agree. <laughs> Do you have any last minute thoughts on this album, Jarrell? Uh If you don't own it right now, uh, kill yourself, but not literally. <laughs> <laughs> Unalive immediately. I, 
I yeah. was saying before this started, like if there's anybody out there who has not listened to this album, like do yourself a favor. It's a it's, gooder. It's streaming. At like, the very least, you'll it. have fun. Yeah, it's it's a great time. This is a this is a classic in the canon of of ska, uh, especially in the third wave. It's it's wonderful. It's uh, so great well, that it's, it's it's basically a masterpiece. We we're all saying it's a masterpiece album that is is really rare for your debut album to be just perfect. Yeah, it's. There's no, there's, it's, it's a, it's a full listen. There's no skips. Are they like a band's band? Do you know what I mean? Do musicians like them? Yeah, I think so. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would say so. I feel like they're like ska band. I mean, one of ska band, ska band's favorite ska band. That's typical of a New York style ska band Yeah, you know what I mean? Because of the musicianship's always a lot higher. Yeah. Yeah, they're one Um, of those uh, bands that other bands say are underrated, I feel like. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, that's like kind of. I feel like they're like no, this like Mephistopheles. We're talking about Inspector Seven before Inspector Seven had that same. Uh, they love Mephistopheles. Yeah, they're they're good friends, and they were also a band's band. They were like, yeah, you gotta totally. know Inspector Seven because they're just such tight musicians. Yeah, I was not on that episode. No, <laughs> but I could also just listen to it in my spare time. Yeah, there's just I sorry, I had to listen to nine albums of fucking <laughs> rhythm. I think it's a good time to take a uh, <laughs> okay. take a break, and when we get back, more Mephiscopheles. This episode of Checkered Past is brought to you by Blendjet. Slynn, you like to make smoothies. I make smoothies every single morning. Tell me about your smoothie journey. Well, I it's my only way I can get vegetables in my body because I like yummy brown golden fried delicious things. So I often call it my scurvy juice to prevent scurvy. What do you put in your smoothies every morning? Um, well, I am a little spinach bitch and a banana. Pro tip, bananas make every smoothie taste good. Okay, banana, chocolate oat milk, and some like legit peanut butter, a little bit of spinach. You're laughing and that tastes like a delicious treat. Well, I just got a blend jet. What? And I've actually been able to make my smoothies fresher because I'll put the ingredients in and take it with me to work because it's portable and I'll make my smoothie like right, right, right before I drink it. You hit the nail on the head because Blendjet 2 by Blendjet is portable. So you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. Lasts for 15 blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. We got a couple Blendjet 2s. I got mine with like... The black marble. It's like a fancy, like, it's very, faux marble. Yeah, thing. It's, it's got, like, kind of some doodly energy to it, yeah, I guess. A little mask. Uh, it's a little mask. I'm not a, always masked. I have masked. a leopard print I got, one. I do some femmes. Leopard print? Talk to me about your leopard print. It's pretty fucking fun. There was another leopard print there was that we, another were, one. we were spying. I, but, like, it was rainbow leopard. It was Lisa fucking Frank. Lisa fucking Frank, Lisa y'all. Fucking Frank. There's all kinds of crazy-ass colors. That's one of the best things about Blendjet, too. So here's what you need to do. Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today and be sure to use the promer code. The promer code. Use that promer code checkered12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. 
Blend anytime, anywhere with the BlendJet 2 Portable Blender. Go to BlendJet.com and use the code CHECKERED12 Checkered 12. to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Get it for your scurvy juice. Lisa fucking Frank. Welcome back to Checkered Past. We're here with Jarell of Puppet Perspectives, and we're talking Mephiscopheles. So back to, uh, we just finished talking about their debut, God Bless Satan. Spicala said this. So this New York Times article comes out titled, The Sound of New York, Ska? Ska? Yes, Ska. <laughs> the story came out the next week that the MTV producer was holding on to, to the Doomsday video, and Rancid's time bomb just hit MTV's buzz bin. It was just one of those things that timed out perfectly. When the video debuted on 120 Minutes, it was introduced by Lane Stanley of Allison Chains. <laughs> Joey said, wow. wow. I don't think that's off mic. A off really mic. loud wow. wow. Lane Stanley, wow. wow. <laughs> it caught the attention of Moonska, who reissued it on a national scale in 95. The decision was not necessarily beloved by all the members, who still had some resentment to the toasters. One of the funny things about Mephiscopheles, they do not like the toasters. Oh, it is, very is that funny. that's a thing? It is a thing, yeah. Yeah, there's a, 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 a one-sided feud <laughs> where the toasters is like one of the biggest bands on the East Coast and Mephiscopheles is like fucking toasters. I love that. I love that <laughs> attitude. Weird. I saw them tour, um, I saw them tour together uh, this summer and they didn't say they had a problem with each other. <laughs> no, okay. I'm sure they don't. And uh, it, later on it would come out that they... Um, it was more just like the toasters were playing a type of ska that they didn't like vibe with. Like they didn't like that kind of more upbeat, not like kind of more third wavy sound. Um, and also just because they were so big. And they they said when they joined Moon Ska, their biggest worry was that they'd just be opening for the toasters all the time. Um, <laughs> and that they'd be like second fiddle. Uh, turned out not to be the case. They were popular in their own they right. They don't want but... to be at the Sasha Colby meet and greet. That's, that's, that's right. sorry. That's a Drake race. Re- very nice. recent. No. Very recent Drake, Drake race, race reference. reference. Nobody <laughs> wants to open for a band named after Kitchen Appliances. <laughs> Nobody. The, uh, the album itself was selling so well locally that they almost could not see the point of signing to Moonska. However, getting national exposure was too good to pass up, and inevitably they signed for distribution. Memphis Goffleys would spend the 95 and 96 tours, then uh, they would include a massive show in Hawaii, where their singles Doomsday, Saba, and Bumblebee Tuna were all charting. They were so That's popular that, that Radio that Free Hawaii paid for them to fly out and play. Frequently, the whole satanic thing would get them into trouble. I love it. They would have chick tracks left on their doors. What? <laughs> Do you know what chick tracks are? No. They're these like little comics okay. that are like super religious. Okay. That, uh, I can't remember the guy's name is. They're bigger in the States. Okay. But they're like, yeah. And so they were just getting like dropped that's, well, off. Well, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. People um, are praying for their souls. Yeah. The Utah would cancel all their gigs. Yeah. And Hepcat refused to play with them. I thought that was interesting. Oh. One member of Hepcat was born again. Okay. And so refused to play with Mephiscopheles. Although I th- that has changed since then because they've played together. But that was uh, that was a thing. Five Iron Frenzy, on the other hand, 
good nor- natured son of a guns the, that they were. They would get the joke did and they wouldn't take it personally. And, and do you know what the bill was called? That's why we love Five Iron Friends. You know what what the, was it called? God versus the devil. That's so funny. That's so. That's the attitude you should have. <laughs> Incredible. What a show that would be. You're going through Denver and you're Mephiscopheles and you open for Five Iron that's, Frenzy. Amazing. A hundred percent. Would be such a good show. God versus the devil. Unfortunately, drummer, founding member, and co-songwriter The Virgin decided to quit around this time. He was not interested in being a full-time musician and was butting heads with the other members who were beginning to find him unreliable. Brendog said this, I wasn't into the music we were making anymore. To me, the Mephiscopheles sound was God bless Satan. Not to be egotistical, but McCall and I were like the Lennon and McCartney of the band. He was replaced by Wayne Dunton, and at this time, McCabe ceased touring with them, although he still chose to record. The lineup produced uh, the Straight to Moon Ska Maximum Perversion right in the summer of Ska. Whirl would now go by the moniker The Grand Invidious and would do all the art for the album. It was produced by Alex Hayes, a partner of Bill Laswell, and featured a shift to more flash-in-the-pan experimentation and overall mellower flavors. It was led by the hip-hop-influenced Breaker Ankle Punk and was poorly received by fans on its release. <laughs> but does this stand the test of time? And there it is. Maximum Ooh, perversion. The album cover is cool. Yes. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Oh, we're two for two, aren't we? Oh, no. I thought you were going to pick up the album, too. Oh, no. Nope. I don't have, I don't have the other two on vinyl. So this all is right. all That you. means you have to <laughs> catch up. Two to one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That means he has to send you whatever he has. Yeah, uh, I I ran to the store on release day. Uh, I guess it's listed there. I don't know the release date, but I picked it up the day it came out. And what you said earlier is hundred correct, hundred percent correct. It was not as good, but I will say at the same time, it is it is not terrible either. No, it is. It was an interesting realist, and so I when I got. Into Mephiscopheles, it was through God Bless Satan because Doomsday, I think, was just a like I googled ska in Kaza and it came up. And um, I went to Maximum Perversion next because I was like, immediately, I was like, What else do they do? And I was like, Wow, this is so much slower. Like, I was like, immediately, like, Oh, the energy is down on this album and not in a bad way, but at the time, I was like, That's not what I'm coming for. And I really passed on a lot of post God Bless Satan Mephiscopheles. But mm. I know nowadays, Maximum Perversion has like a way more, it's more fondly remembered, I think, because of how technical and jazzy it is. It's yeah. like we were just listening to it while we were uh, during our break. And like even Joey was commenting that the drummer is on another level, like the technical, the technicality of the musicianship is plussed up. But, right. Which is that, probably that why some of the band says, members yeah. left. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that jazz v- vibes there. Satan, Satan on the beach, definitely a jazz uh, horn <laughs> section there. Uh, um, but I'll let you play some tracks, and I'll tell you some of my favorites, which aren't a whole lot. Um, I got a <laughs> question. A I got a question. I got a question for you, Rob. Um, did you say Brendog still played on this album? No, he he was. Um, wait, no, who left? No, it was the drummer that left. Sorry, the Virgin, McCall right. Reich left. But okay. so Brendog should still be on this this album at this time. Yeah, right. Because that's what I got on the back of the CD too. So I just wanted to make yeah. sure. Cool. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, 
uh, McCall had left. And who? Oh, and Wayne Dutton is the new drummer. Wayne. Mm-hmm. So let's kick off with Break Your Ankle, Punk. Mm-hmm. That's the single. It's a funny name. It's definitely like a little bit too smart for me. But I don't <laughs> mind it because they're still being fun about it. You know? It's definitely not as like uh, dark, heavy. It doesn't have as many dark and heavy moments. Not, definitely not compared to what comes next. Oh, shit. Yeah. More hip hop. Oh, yeah. So I know that. So the Grand Invidious, uh, he, it's just fun to say his crazy name. He, uh, he was much less of a just like, I'm a straight ska guy. And I know he was always listening to a lot of like, whatever was going on in New York at the time. Right? He was just like, really adapting to the sound. Because he got really into, this is just wild, such like <laughs> mid-90s hip-hop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of the time. Yeah. So is the music video too. It's, it's just so random, like you know, imagery that '90s music videos used to have. I remember seeing this on like 120 minutes stuff. It was shock, you know, pretty cool <laughs> to see them on it's TV almost, anyway. But yeah, it's, that's it's pretty that's sweet to like think of them being that big. Like to think about it now is it's wild. The, the timing, like going back and remembering the timing of what happened, like for them to be like, oh, the reason why Doomsday got on the radio is because Time Bomb was on like two two weeks before, right? Like the uh, timing was just too. They perfect were just right place, right time. And then Maximum Perversion is this like insane jazz album, and it was right in the time. Like they could have written the most. Like down the road, down the middle of the street, third wave ska. It would have sold like and they would have sold like crazy. They probably would have but been. But they didn't do it. They didn't. They decided to be weirdos. Which <laughs> I the, love. The single is a hip hop song, and that's the only one I like, like it on the album. I them for doing what they wanted to do. Oh yeah, this is again what like we were talking about Stretch Armstrong. Like the band could not <laughs> have given two fucks about getting popular and like being yeah, on the it's radio. It's for them. It's yeah. for them. There's there's something admirable about it. So, but uh, what are your thoughts on the on maximum perversion? Uh, sucks. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's okay. Um, like they still play some of these songs live, and it's it's kind of cool to like get nostalgic about it. And I did give this album a lot of listens when it first came out, but uh, overall. It, after the introduction to the Yellow Passion, they got the foursome song, and it just gets like spotty after that. There's like it gets kind of boring towards even when we get to Scram. But um, I would say Bad Toupee is like my favorite song, the most heaviest song on the Me album. Me too. That's what I said. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Like bad Toupee is my when, best. When that drum, that when is, that drum solo that kicks drum off, solo be, yeah. I'm so excited, like because that song's about to kick off. But and. Honestly, when the album begins with the uh, the first song, you think it's going to be a lot better than it ends up turning out to be. <laughs> yeah, because the first song is like a ska song. Like it pretty yeah. kicks off right away where you're like, oh, yeah, ska. I ska. like ska. <laughs> and then, it's, like, oh, it's 1987. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is going to be a ska album. And then you're like, oh, right. It's not totally. It's, <laughs> it's more jazzy like like that they were hinting from the first album that they bring more into this. So I think it's something that you can just 
you know, have that jazz cigarette, snap your fingers, get your beatnik outfit, and just you know, listen to the vibes and, and vibe out. Yeah. yeah, just vibe out. We should yeah. we should listen to introducing the yellow passion. The only night. song I think I'd ever l- go back and listen to is Bad Two Pain. I should have queued that one up. I do yeah, like whatever. that song. Yeah. This one's more ska than that to me, so that's probably why you picked it. Well, I wanted to showcase that they did do a ska song. <laughs> and that they were capable of writing good ska songs. And they, But you can tell that the band, like what was working in the first album with the butting the heads of the two styles, it's splintering here. Like, they're not as cohesive. Right. It's kind of like going in two directions at the same time. A lot of different ideas happening on a, on a song at a time. Yeah, a lot of everyone got to do a little bit of their own thing and juries out if it was worked or not. But I can see why like people are retroactively looking at this as something more favorable. And it could also be maybe some nostalgia for the time, because I think this was a lot of people's first exposure to them. If you were just like a Scott kid and you're just buying whatever new Scott album is coming up on that. Oh yeah, I put the sax solo. So I could see Kenny. Fishbone fans being into this album. Which is why I kind of liked it. <laughs> I feel like it's still, I don't know. Kenny wanted us to mention that the sax goes hard. The sax does go hard. The <laughs> sax like, does make go sure. hard. Alto sax. Specifically, the alto sax goes hard. I also want to admit that the uh, CD artwork, too, is kind of cool. With like the Pope versus the Devil and a orgy happening in the background. That's kind of cool. I, so. It's awesome, yeah. And yeah. what who, who drew it? The the singer did. The singer drew I, I it. Did. That's he did all the art. <laughs> <laughs> That's so impressive. Very good. Thank so you. good. Do you ever think of doing it like full time as like a profession? No, like I don't want to sell out to the man. Work? <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> no, that's a good answer. <laughs> Uh, so I guess I don't have anything else queued up from this album. I no, guess you didn't need to. You didn't need to. I, we get the point. Oh, man. Yeah. You saw Satan on oh, the Beach. Is... You didn't queue that song up? It says oh, the yeah. word, it says the word Satan sweet... in the title. Yeah, yeah, Satan on the Beach is a good song. It's mostly yeah. instrumental. It's mostly. Right. <laughs> At this point, the band began straying away from their ska tour buddies, Blue Meanies and Inspector 7. They toured nationally with the Buzzcocks. That's fun. Opened numerous times for Guar. That's sweet. And contributed <laughs> horns to Moby's version of the James Bond theme for the movie Tomorrow Never Dies. Can't remember that song, but and I think that's cool. Or, or, or that movie. Hell yeah. <laughs> so Tomorrow Never Dies had Academy Award winning actress Michelle Yeoh. She was the <gasps> Bond girl. Everything Everywhere All at Once. That's right. And uh, the bad guy was Jonathan Price of Brazil. Mm. Welcome to Brazil. Yes. Brazil is a, one of my favorite movies. Right? Terry Gilliam. Terry it's a country, too. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? When? Huh? Oh, Christ Redeemer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Other things. <laughs> no, just Christ, Christ Redeemer. Redeemer. It's only got, like, <laughs> some of the most populated cities in the world. Christ Redeemer. Uh, it, it's on theme. <laughs> Jesus, cross, Satan. Oh, yeah. I see what you're doing. So this Always obviously caused yeah. rifts in the band. And by 1999, they suffered major lineup changes with bassist Bits, trumpeter Hollywood, and founding member Brendog all leaving, with Brendan in particular disliking the band's current musical direction. This would mean no founding members were left in the group. Uh, huh? Bassist Dan, uh, yeah, technically. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, right. 
Right. So, because because the, the underpants and the singer came in after, after. the band was already started. Mm. Uh, bassist Dan Jesselson, saxophonist Ian Hendrickson Smith, and two guitarists Bill McKinney and David Han Solo. We talked about him during the Slackers, right? They would all join. And so in 1999, they released Maite Waite. <laughs> I still can't say it either. I still had trouble saying it. <laughs> Is that Mike Ty? White Ty? No, Mighty Mighty Whitey. Mighty Whitey. Uh, through Koch Records because Moonscott was not doing great at the time. Worrell this time went by the name Grilly. And the album was produced by somebody named Stoker. The record further delineated from their original sound, incorporating elements of reggae, but mostly hardcore and metal. This is a pretty metal album. Yeah, this one's metal. Uh, Trumpet on the record was performed by Nathan Breedlove of the Scatolites. That's wild. Um, So let's let's talk about it. This album is fucking bananas. Um, It's cool. Let's let's start with Callous Boy, because that's the first. uh, What was that? Yeah. Did I fuck up here? Yeah, that I'll was be honest, that was supposed to be on the last one. I'll be honest with you guys. When I when I was at the record store that year, I was like, I didn't know they had a new album, so I just bought it immediately. And my reaction with this first song was exactly <laughs> the same thing that you all think. What the? Did I get the right album? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, that's the one. Yep, Callous Boy. Uh, right, right album. Um, also, Rob Google. Cow's yeah, sure were, right but no, but in Google Images, it was just a bunch of like boys with cows. Oh yeah, that's funny. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, just basically like it's hard as fuck. Yeah, it's like New York metalcore. Okay, this would be fun to see live. Can't really skip. Can't really skip to it though. No, it's fuzzy. It just started a little pit going, you know. But you'd be vibing. Yeah. I would headbang. I always do, and then I'd get a bang over, and I'd regret it the next day. Bang over. I never heard that term before. Is that an, uh, I learned it recently, but it is real because my neck always hurts the next day, and then Joey's like, "Give a bang over." Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good call, Joey. I'm going to have to use that. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I used to have long hair when I played in a band. I would get bangovers after shows. So yeah. like, I, you got to whip around your hair yeah. if you yeah, have you it. You got to do the windmill, you know? Oh, I always got a windmill. I don't, I, I'm always like, don't do it, Celine. It's too I don't know much. If I've seen you at a metal show. I know we went to Blind Guardian that one time, but I've never really seen you at like metal shows. Oh, like Maz will fucking just do bang your head in her cover band, oh, okay, and I will sure. like windmill the whole time. And Joey, anyways, <laughs> bang your head. So for some know. weird reason, uh, I noticed that the um, version of this album on Spotify has uh, songs in different order. And I can't figure out why compared to the CD. Is there any story about that? That was a because it was the remaster in 2020. But I don't know Mm -hmm. why they reordered the song. Maybe they shuffled the songs for the re-release. Yeah, or Uh, it's like this is the way we initially wanted wanted it it or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, if I was going to sell one of these three albums for a profit, it would be this one if it's worth money to have the original track listing order. But yeah, digress. Uh, okay 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 i won't be i won't be me it's not this album is similar to the the second album where it's just okay 
Um, but it's so different from what they were doing. So I was like, why are they being like a ska punk band or ska core band now? I definitely prefer some of their later stuff compared to this. Oh, you you like, you like after this album, you like it? Yeah. I feel like there's, isn't there like, there's a couple more after there's There's, there's two EPs after, after this, but we're not talking about it on this podcast. That's okay. That's good. Uh, Nice. Yeah. Satan, Satan but, stole my weed. That was like the big song that Satan, they had. That's, yeah. that's I maybe I'm just talking about that one song. It's a good song. <laughs> but this you came get out some stuff the, like yeah. yeah, you get some stuff that they were doing in the past, like Tallahassee Tango, and uh, I would say the Devils do has that like you know traditional ska sound that they used to play. So it's kind of like they didn't cha- totally sell out or change their style. They just um, kind of added to what they were doing previously. Even though I think by 1999, ska was kind of on its way out in a way but if not completely we have devils do let's uh let's play that that's a good one um the uh oh yeah you can skank to this you can skank to this so i'm thinking about like you know we try to like figure out the bands that kind of really implied the more stockhorse stuff that happens nowadays so like an album like this or like the second pilfers album or Alone in the Crowd, Catch 22, or Progress by the RX Bandits. These are all like kind of heavier ska albums that came out in the late 90s and early 2000s. Or even that era of The Baldelas Loco. There you go, thank you. Baldelas Loco. And then Bang Geek Mafia also came out. Go Joey, go Joey. <laughs> go Joey. <laughs> it's a good song. Devils do. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah, let's play King Tit just cuz I, I have it there. <laughs> King Tit. Born sucking sauce. Bone sucking sauce. Born sucking sauce. Born sucking sauce. That would be more on. on yeah, see this sounds like Kind of like what they were doing in the past, so yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of. I think got the got the organs going. They have got the the horns. I think you could like I I I think you can cobble together a really good playlist, um, like or a live set list, combining all the eras of Mephistopheles. I think sometimes they take a swing that's just so wide that you're like, what was like. A, that it almost is like too much. Like, that was too much. To yeah. And then that's all you remember. This you remember the weird stuff. stuff. Yeah. The the, the, the the verse right here. This is nice. Yeah. This is fun. I just want. I just want to dance like this. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I got a lot of my dance moves from puppets. Really we, like especially with Kermit with his like yay oh yeah I do that all the time <laughs> for sure uh, big inspo it's a, it's a I, think, I think I've got all I had to say about white hay might hay yeah it's cool I, like, I absolutely probably never listened to it like track for track probably the first album is the only album I would just like listen to like front to back ever and I think, there's definitely some jams I think it would have been in their it wouldn't have been in their best interest to just do more of the same too I think God Bless Satan is so good on its own merits that it just it's probably it good that they tried to do something different 
It just wasn't all hits. Yeah. Well, what would you say is like the, uh, like if you had to pick out of these second and third album, what would you say is the best one? If you had a gun to your head, which I guess normally happens when people ask you to make a choice. Yeah, all the time so, people so are always trivial. asking me weird ultimatums. Yeah, like yeah. These, uh-huh. these trivial uh-huh. questions, they put a gun to your head. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? I could probably I'd go listen third. to Maximum Perversion. Yeah, and I would yeah. go at oh. the third one. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'm torn myself. Hmm. So one, three, two is uh, Celine. I'd listen to Satan stole my weed. And I'm one, two, three. <laughs> One, two, three. And then Satan stole my weed. Yeah. I, one, it goes Satan one, stole Satan stole my, stole my weed, and then three. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I picked for this. Like, I'm, cause it's like, I have to like count like what song I like out of both, and like whatever has a bigger number, I probably win with. Cause I just get kind of bored with like both albums after a while. But yeah. Yeah. I think you could better to cobble together a full album out of just the songs you like from both. That's what they should have did. They should have took the best song from the second and third and made one final album. <laughs> but... Maximum White Eye. <laughs> exactly. uh, that's probably no good. <laughs> All right. Well, it's, after it's, a couple more white out perversion. Yeah. White out perversion. <laughs> <laughs> after a couple more years of touring, the band would unceremoniously break up in 2001, citing massive creative differences amongst its members, with most members going into decidedly heavier and more experimental territory. The band would reform in 2012 and put out a couple more EPs, but maybe that is for another episode. Oh. More so, I, I'm thinking if they put out anything new, that we could do a redux, which would be Whoa. Fun. That was Mephiscopheles, folks. Interesting. Let's play a game. And, oh, I should, I should I have have, now I have up. King Tit in my head. You ready? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Everyone's Best saying, place to have a tit. It's fun to say. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. a king of tits. Yeah. All right, here we yeah, go. Sorry, this is, this is fun. He's this got a fun. song. Ahem. The spikes, the paint, the shrieks, not Nazis. I like my metal black just like my coffee with the buzz, the blades. And I said, mm. no Nazis. I like my metal black just like my coffee. He's doing a play on mindless self-indulgence. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, the, this, yeah, I guess maybe our demographic would get it. This uh, This game is called Keep It True or False Metal. Keep, Keep it true or, or false, false metal. I like it. I like it. So, so Joey's on mic for this because we're going to play a game. So in this game, Celine, Joey, and Jarrell will be given a statement related to the inner circle era of Norwegian black metal. And oh, they yeah. must determine You're if the, the statement. the only one. I mean, I don't know Jarrell's history. Oh, no, just but wait like... for it. It's good. Okay. okay. Just to, we'll have to determine if the statement keeps it true or is <laughs> okay. false metal. <laughs> so is it true cult or not? It's either keeps it true or, and I spelled true T R V E. You mean just like not posery? Or is false metal? No, it's true or false. Oh, is it right or wrong? Okay. <laughs> you keep it true or false metal? Okay. okay. Get it right, get a point. Get it wrong, get sent to hell. Buzz get in with gong. your name. No, get sent to hell. <laughs> get sent to hell. Gongs are satanic. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. So buzz in with your name or buzz or ska. There's a, yeah, I don't know if I'll let you because it'll if you get it wrong, then we know what the other answer you'll get is. You'll get the song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you just get one try. Or you'll are we, die. Are we clear? <laughs> are we clear on the are we clear on the rules? It's a true or false quiz, basically. <laughs> or you'll drool. Yeah, okay. 
do we how many you chances have to, do we get to answer the if we answer and we get it wrong do we get another try or, or is no yeah no there's no other try okay <laughs> i think it's true or false true or do false. Or i do think not. it was pretty <laughs> yeah i think it was pretty clear you get the gong <laughs> no okay. you get sent to hell okay there's 12 of these okay right, you ready okay uh number one Mayhem's guitarist Euronymous used to own a record store called Helveti, which means Inferno, which served as a gathering place for the early Norwegian black metal scene. Ska. Yeah. True. That is correct. Yeah, that seems true. That is yeah, correct. Okay. Sound One point. True. I like that Joey had to put J-A, because yeah, you can't just put J. J-O, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joja. All right. Number two. A Both Doom Occulta of Immortal is known for collecting rare stamps. And is one of the most extensive stamp collections in Norway. Selin, yeah. false. That is false. <laughs> oh wow! That is not. That is not. Cur- oh wow! That is false metal. I don't think that's surprising. That's false metal. No, that's it's false totally metal. surprising because metal nerds are nerds, and they're nerdy about other stuff too. <laughs> yeah, but stamps is like a specific type of like. <laughs> is there a train metal band like a band who's that's into really trains? nerdy about trains because train nerds are like well you got it there's gotta be gotta no be it's like a train yacht band. rock if there's, band if there's a ned flanders <laughs> metal rock. band there's a yeah, train, train metal yacht band. rock um emperor's drummer faust speaking of which committed a murder hate crime and was sentenced to 14 Whoa. years in prison but was released after only serving nine jesus Scott. christ Selen, yep. don't drill true it is true. Yeah, that bummer. It is true. What a real bummer. Ooh. Uh, nobody, nobody liked that. <laughs> number four. Yes, boo. Norwegian black metal band Satyricon ah. was once featured in a Coca-Cola commercial sparking outrage amongst fans. Selin. Yep. True. It is not true, Damn Selin. It. That was false metal. I, was it like, does not I, knew, keep I thought Satyra would. Oh. <laughs> Jarrell wants to take a crack at it. False. <laughs> Am I right? I get it? Yes. No points. Yeah, no, no points, though. No points. Uh, <laughs> nice try, though. I All right. Sadier. I no. kind of thought they would maybe, but people don't think that they're metal enough. Satyricon? It, it yeah. was actually Demo Borgir. It was actually Demo Borgir. Actually, really? <laughs> Is that the no, Oh, <laughs> of all things, Demo Borgir is it's like way less, <laughs> less. Oh, they're not. They're not. They're Norwegian. less true. So right. Sorry, that's, they're not Norwegian. UK. UK black metal. All right. Uh, number five. Gall, the former vocalist of Gorgoroth, once kidnapped and tortured a man for six hours, collecting his blood in a cup and threatening him to drink it. Scott Jesus Joey. Christ. Yeah. False. Incorrect, Joey. God damn it. it so Lynn, tr- it, I like yeah, what Jarrell did. I like what he did. That was smart. I like. No, it. that keeps it true. He one hundred percent did that. God dang it. Gall is a Fuck weird guy me. who Sounds says things. Like who says things like, I warn people what I'm going to do to them if they keep bothering me. <laughs> That's fair. Norwegian wow. black metal people are... They don't fuck around. ...are fucking bananas, yeah. Okay. Just leave them alone. Fenries. That's the lesson we gotta learn. <laughs> Which is always interesting. Just let them hang like, out in the forest. Well, there's like all that like commentary that like kind of politically it's a bit chill and like they don't have too much to be angsty about. So like the Catholic religion is like what they chose to be angsty about. Cause like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. But... And Im- immigrants and. Other oh yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. 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 They're all bad about. Yeah. yeah that's not, not, not great. great. Not great. So in, in, in spite White of all the socialism. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Still not so racist. Great. Yeah. Still racist. 
All right, number six. Fenris of Dark Throne was once accidentally elected to his town council and launched a fake campaign as a joke where he showed himself with his cat that said, vote for me. Scott. But- yes. False. No, that keeps it true. That is 100% Whoa. true. Yeah. Who has points? Jarrell still is, is yeah, winning. Yeah, Jarrell's got two. You have one. Mm. And I have nothing. Okay. All right, number seven. The cover of Mayhem's album, Dawn of the Black Hearts, features a photograph of the band's former singer dead after his suicide, and pieces of his skull were sent to other members of the inner so, circle. Excellent. True. Yeah, that keeps it yeah, true. That's famous, that keeps it true. famous yeah. part of mythology. I believe Carpathian Forest. The guy has it in a... In a necklace. Yeah. Yeah. A piece of the skull. Yes. Yeah. Uh, number eight. The name black metal was inspired by the color of Norway's national flag. Ska. Jarrell. Correct. And why is that, Jarrell? There's no black on their flag. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. It's white. It's white <laughs> and blue. All right. Number nine. The guitarist E from the band Watain is a part-time dentist when he's not performing with the band. Celine? False? It is false metal. That is not true. <laughs> Number 10. Nocturno Culto of Dark Throne works as a school teacher while still active in the Norwegian black metal scene. Scott. Joey. Joey. Oh, I would beat you to it. Uh, true. Yeah, that keeps it true. Yeah. Yes. One guy was definitely not a dentist, and one guy is definitely a school teacher. All right. Number 11. We're almost at the end. We're getting there. The, the band Enslaved once performed an entire concert using only acoustic guitars and traditional Norwegian folk instruments. This is what the Metalocalypse slash Checkered Pass Joe Grandpa guitars was a reference to. Scott? Joey. Oh, oh Joey. I'll I, say, I will say... Uh, go for it. False. That is false metal. Oh. That is not true. That did not happen. Okay, and False finally, metal. Varg Vikernes of Burzum was arrested for plotting to blow up a cathedral, then later arrested for shooting and killing Euronymous, and while in prison founded a neo-Nazi organization, but also released pagan ambient music, and then having an anti-Semitic YouTube channel in France after his release. Celine. Yes. True. That keeps it true. E, e all of the keeps above. It true. E all of yeah, the above. That that is, Varg Vikernes, the I world's biggest that. piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah, real piece an of garbage. An actual garbage person. Uh, it's a tie. Whoa. Oh. So I don't know if we've ever had this happen before. I don't know before. if we've ever had a tie. I don't have a tiebreaker. Look at that. Your first time having a puppet. Your first time having a tie. And, nice. and a what? puppet wearing a tie. Oh. oh. Okay. Uh. Perfect. So it's all the universe is smiling down on us. We're all where we're meant to be so right what do now. We do, what do we do? We have, we just have a staring contest to win to see who wins? <laughs> yeah. No, the guest wins. So sorry. sorry. Uh, <laughs> What's my prize? Yeah. What's my prize? Slyn <laughs> said I was supposed to send you Being something. in the present moment. <laughs> being, being in the Ex- moment. Existing. That sounds dangerous. Existing. Yeah. Are we so lucky? Oh, nice. The love of podcasting. A great <laughs> gift. French, the friendship, the we, friendship made we made along the way. way. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> she beat Can't you to it. Yeah. Right. It's almost uh, like you two are related. Yeah. <laughs> nah. So, uh, fun fact: that game was uh, co-produced by ChatGPT. Thank oh, you, yeah. ChatGPT. <laughs> We're using AI now. I used AI to help me do that, and it it was. 
I, I will say I double checked all of those facts to make sure they were true or false because I cannot count on ChatGPT to tell me the truth. Uh, One thing I learned from more South like Park, yes. <laughs> South Park taught us not to trust that app. They're <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. Um, I don't trust it, to be honest. It's scary. I think it's time to question the answers. The more you yeah. teach it, the more it knows and the more it can be used against us. Huh? That awkward it. silence. <laughs> Just going off about AI. I don't. It's scary. All right. All right, here we go. Sorry, I I was getting distracted looking for my questions. Um, it's asking us what. Uh, okay, Kamoy, this is his alto sax question. Everybody says tenor sax is the best sax. If you're only going to have one, Memphis Goffley's did it with an alto. What's your opinion? How do we feel on the sax conversation? Alto v tenor v Barry. I think that's a question for Celine. So go ahead. <laughs> I am the horn expert. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like having choosing your children. <laughs> you know, you can't really. There's no right or wrong answer. That's not and I true. love them all equally. <laughs> you I don't love have them to say so that. much that I couldn't. I couldn't decide. I could. Gun to my head could never decide which saxophone I like the most. I'm so passionate about saxophones. Everyone knows this. Could never choose. Well, okay, as the horniest one of the three of us, or four of us, I'd say, <laughs> I'm going to pick the baritone as my favorite sax because it's just so damn right. Cute. It is the sexiest horn. The berry is the way to go. I think a berry is like the A tier. I love a tenor too. I know like he's trying to goad me into saying alto, but I do love like a cap down. <laughs> a cap down has an alto sax where the singer plays the saxophone. I like it, but I don't know. I like I liked, I liked I liked in all those madness videos when he played that. The tiny, the, the, the tiny, tiny sa- the toy sa- saxophone. Yeah. yeah. That was good. Kicks. Or when he was floating in the air on that uh, tr- baggy trousers video. That was yeah. that solo. That was that is my favorite sax. And that's yeah. an alto saxophone. Well, yeah. well there you go. Sax is, there you go. Sexy, what saxophone is the Lost Boys guy playing? Probably tenor. Tenor? I would assume so. Yeah, it's standard size. I've never watched that movie. You've never even seen that part? Oh. Like, You've seen the sweaty, uh, shirtless, naked saxophone. I probably yeah. got it in my head. I don't know. Yeah. If I There's no way. It's, and yeah. it's also been referenced in like every Are you gonna show. Ask a question? Robot chicken. <laughs> you know. Ask a question about Which Lost pu- Boys. <laughs> Which puppets definitely listen to Ska? Ooh. Mm. The uh, only the coolest. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, that's a very good that's answer. Actually. Answer. That's, a that's the correct one that wears like um, black glasses like this. Uh, would <laughs> you rather be a master of puppets or a pastor of Muppets? Mm. Oh, deep. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> I don't like to be a slave to anything, so I'm going to pick the other one. The Hell yeah, pastor <laughs> of Muppets. Like pastor. a Muppet I'll, pastor sounds pastor. like the best pastor to be. I'll speak. Yeah, the if word I'm going to be a pastor, yeah. You know, I don't want to bite off of Salta or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They will come after you. They love their money. <laughs> they are highly litigious. Yeah, they, they have Lars, lots of lawyers. Lars is listening to this episode right now. Yeah, they're always to waiting. Violate a copyright. <laughs> Every the time they mention my name, I'm going to sue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Copyright infringement uh, every time. 
Master of what? Sorry. Is what he's going to say. Yeah, that's right. Remember when Weird Al did a song about uh, Lars suing people? That was fun. What puppets do you have beef with? Mm. Uh, I have beef with the puppets from that horrible Melissa McCarthy movie, but it's not their oh, fault. Yeah, they oh. were just they they want to get a Doing check, their... and the they did the rest. Happy of Time Murders had. was pretty shitty film. <laughs> so I guess I have a beef with them and the Fraggles too. <gasps> oh no, not the Fraggles. No, we're That's we're pro. Canadian. What about? Are you out? Like, are you Hot saying take. that because you're on like the do the doozers <laughs> side and you feel that the Fraggles have enslaved the doozers? I, I'm now feeling that. Yeah, that's the only way that I I don't yeah. know like I love Fraggles, but loud. I've never felt good about the doozer situation. I like the trash. I've never person, felt good about it, and I like the dog, and I'm not sure I feel how I feel about anybody else. Red Fraggles, legit. Who's the little guy? The the fun like who's the dude? Who's the stoner Fraggle? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. At Joey. I don't remember. You know what the little guy? <laughs> Wilbur, Wilby, <laughs> Wilby. Doesn't matter. Darrell has a beef with them. Okay, yeah. sorry. <laughs> all of them up. It's all the Fraggles beef, I have a beef. With. All of the Fraggles. You're on the so, monsters side because the Fraggles are always stealing radishes out of your garden. <laughs> just, just eat them already, and let's get this show over with. I always said. <laughs> the last from our friendship. What kind of ska would Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem play? Hell yeah. Uh, I guess they would play ska core. Or yeah, s- all right. S- uh, ska, 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 ska morning, ska night. Um, <laughs> hmm. Maybe kind of like a seventies, like Fleetwood Mac-y ska. Some kind, kind of, of dis- disco, ska. disco ska. What they? Disco, disco. You're. I actually do think you're right. I do think it would be a disco ska vibe. I'm yeah, gonna put like, a plug in for that's accurate. Um, for the Sesame Street disco album. Uh, it, it is incredible. It is much better than the Sesame Street punk album. Um, yeah, and it's better than yeah. the Disney disco album, too. It's not as good as... But I left my cookie on the dance floor um, is top tier. Nothing's as good as... Uh, um... I believe this song's called Me Lost Me Cookie on the disco. Yeah. Me Lost Me Cookie in the boogie music. You got it. I won it yeah. back. I, I had cleaned is it that, up is, so it would be understandable. Is, me, is that bacon Jamaican? <laughs> I mean, not doing Cookie Monster's voice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm being respectful of yeah, Cookie Monster's yeah. <laughs> speech impediment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cookie, Mon- Cookie, Cookie Monster, Monster should be bacon doing- Jamaican. <laughs> no, he's a death metal singer at heart, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. He's the original. Right? Yeah. yeah. The OG. Of- uh, that's all the questions I got. I thought that was great. Jarrell, let's throw it over to you. that I got. <laughs> what do you got to plug? All right, everybody. Make sure you listen to our podcast, Perspective Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, our YouTube channel where we give our videos and you can see our beautiful puppet faces. We not only do album reviews and television show reviews and one-minute movie reviews by our other co-host with his Mitch movie minute segment but we have a special thing where we do tributes to celebrities and musicians before they pass away because everyone waits till after they die we do them before and we rank different people (laughs) so we've done one for uh michael winslow from police academy to fat mike no effects to uh you guys would love this being from canada we did a 
um, one for Eugene Levy, ranking all of the American Pie movies that he was in. <laughs> Excellent. We That's just good. recently one, three, did two. Yeah, we <laughs> we just recently <laughs> did one for another Canadian legend, Lauren Michaels, ranking all eleven oh. SNL movies. So check that out. Oh, on our thing. that's interesting. That's fun. Yeah. It was tough. So um, I'm curious where. Tough. Yeah, I'm no. I'm like thinking about it. <laughs> Night at the Roxbury. I feel like, like if you look at it critically, it has like a, the worst rating. But in my mind, I'm like, that's one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> what oh no, there's there's, there's worse. There's worse movies. Yeah, it's bad. Oh yeah, it's it's Superstar bad. probably doesn't hold up well. Yes, you guys check Shannon out Shannon one. Check Anyways, we gotta listen to that episode. Gotta listen watch to the video or watch, on, watch on YouTube. our YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, so we do shows every other week, and we have our videos popping up every so often. We not only review uh, mainstream artists, but we do uh, underground artists as well, local artists from here in New Jersey to local artists in your home state. So send up your requests in, and we will do a video reviewing that album. So. If you don't mind getting your feelings hurt or <laughs> getting some praise, check us out. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, awesome. by the way, we are on all the social platforms, uh, Public Perspectives on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And we have a Patreon, should promote that, where we do retro reviews. Only $5 a month to get access to our monthly retro reviews where we pull an album out from our past and we uh, are embarrassed that we actually listen to it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well that's awesome uh yeah hit Scossum. us up on awesome awesome <laughs> hit us up on instagram twitter youtube and tiktok at checkered pass pod or send us an email at checkeredpasspod at gmail.com to support the pod and get bonus content including a full-length and unedited video of this episode Sign up which for. you will want of oh. this particular yeah, this episode. in particular yeah, this has the video component yeah. sign up for the for. patreon and watch yeah. this episode and then cancel it yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, forget no, about I mean, it. For they the, they the get end charged time. on the next month, so wait a month. Wait a month. Uh, give us five dollars and then yeah. and then cancel it. <laughs> um, we also have merch available at checkeredpast.ca. Checkered Past is edited by Ariane and engineered by Joey. Yay. And our Scott associate producer is Chris Reeves of Scott Punk International. And until next time, I'm Rob Salim. And in the mortal words of Mephiscopheles, my baloney has a first name. It's CP slash SC. Whoa. <laughs>